You're listening to Doula Unfiltered. We are your hosts, Kellen and Ava. This podcast exists to encourage and equip current and rising birth workers. Each week, we'll bring you an unfiltered perspective on what it takes to be a doula. Whether you just started your journey or you're a vagina veteran, we invite you to do the work and join the dialogue. This is Doula Unfiltered. Welcome back to the Doula Unfiltered Podcast. Hi. I'm Ava. And I'm Kellen. We're so excited to talk about backup doulas today. So these are going to be the things that you need to know, when you might work with a backup doula, how much to pay them, how often you'll use them, all that stuff. So let's jump right in. Let's do it. Kellen, you want to kick us off? Perfect. Yeah. So backup doulas are really important. Um it's really stressful to not have a backup even if you're only on call for one birth like if you're just getting into doula work you have your first client or your first handful of clients um and their estimated dates are not even anywhere near each other they're like two months apart it's still really stressful to not have a backup just in case um especially for me it's it's a just in case because I have children and I you can't anticipate a kid being super sick or there being a family emergency or whatever so just having someone that you trust that you would feel comfortable sending one of your own clients to is really important just to be on call for you so that if something were to happen they could come and um alleviate that for you and you wouldn't just be up a creek without a paddle and leave your client with no birth support. Um, and, but do look, uh, backups are also really important if you do have people with estimated dates that are really close to each other. But, I mean, usually these things work out. I think, I don't know about you, I've never yeah. actually needed a backup. I There was one instance where I was about to need a backup. I called her in. She was in the parking lot and the baby was born. So I ended up paying her for driving all the way to the hospital, but she didn't actually, I didn't need her. I didn't end up needing her. Yeah. I think I've used, I've used a backup one time. Um, and I didn't even use them in their full capacity. Um, I basically, I didn't plan on having a backup for this birth, but it kind of got to that point where I knew okay, we're going to be here for a while. Um, It's getting late, and I'm not sure how much longer this is going to go on. I'm really tired. Um, I just need a couple hours. I need to go eat something, like a good hot meal. I need to take a nap. So I called another doula that I know, and I was like, hey, we'd been texting, so I knew she was up. I was like, are you possibly able to come um, relieve me for just like three or four hours? She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And so I said, okay, I think... I think mom was going to get some pain relief in a minute and be able to sleep for a little bit. So I was like, you may not even have to do anything. Let my clients know. Um, And then she headed that way. And by the time she got there, my client was still having contractions and feeling them, but she was pretty well asleep. So really my backup came, didn't have to do a ton, just kind of held her through 
contractions, helped her go to the bathroom a couple times, and then I got to do, you know, all my things that I needed to, eat, sleep, and I came back, I felt better, they felt better, um, and things were progressing. So it was really beneficial even just to have somebody who can come in for a couple of hours and offer that support. So Totally. Yes, so important. Um, but also what's really important when you're finding a backup is finding someone who aligns with you. So you don't just want to find a backup that is like, oh, you're a doula, great. Um, because what your clients hired you for is what they want. They want I mean, they want you. Um, and in the off chance that they can't have you, I, it's, I mean, it's always my preference that they have someone who is like me. So Kellen and I back each other up pretty regularly, and we can talk more about that in a second. Um, but just finding someone who thinks similarly to you, offers comfort measures in the same ways, um, their scope is really similar, all of those things. Um, even sometimes personality-wise, I try and match. Um, so, you know, if I know, if I have a client who is a bit more timid, I may not find my doula friend who's like crazy extroverted and outgoing. I may try and find somebody who's more laid back. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also just philosophy-wise, finding somebody like, you know, you don't want to call your doula friend who only attends home births to attend a hospital birth because um, that'll be a culture shock for them and just won't go as smoothly as is possible. So, yeah, finding somebody who aligns in those ways. Yeah. Do you have anything? Nope, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you're, you are unique and your doula style is unique. So even hiring, even like calling in a backup that's similar to you won't be you. But I do think it's really important to be really comfortable with whoever you're asking to come in because that does reflect on you yeah. you're the doula at the end of the day so um yeah yeah agreed so one of the biggest questions that comes with using a backup is times that you would use a backup and times that you wouldn't so kellen touched on one um that you know she ended up not even using her but and i I obviously just told my story of having someone just for relief for a couple hours but there's a couple more times when you really need to have a backup doula um one of them is when you have clients who are really close together um I know I've backed doula or backed Kellen up for that before um and they ended up going the same week I think um but they were back-to-back births but mm. you know if one of them had gone 24 hours earlier 24 mm-hmm. hours late you know, I would have had to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely when there's close due dates is a big one. Well, and so just to touch on that, with that instance mm-hmm. specifically, those due dates weren't actually close, but they estimated dates got changed at the last minute for one of my clients and the other one, um, and then she ended up being induced. And so we ended up being the same week. Yeah. So it was like they were two or three weeks apart originally when I scheduled them, when I you know, hire, when they hired me, but when it came down to it and stuff like that happens, you know, you never know if, if something's gonna go down and, uh, it, it definitely depends if it's a home birth, if it's a hospital birth, is it a multip? Is it a first time mom? You oh, know, yeah. what, what's her history? Totally. Um, I even explain that to people when I'm taking on new clients and they're like, Oh, well, you know, you there's a reason you ask for all that history. I've had cases where I've had a second or third time mom 
who has a history of fast labors, um, and she's due, I don't, let's say, early August. And then I have a first-time mom, um, which obviously we know first-time moms typically go over 40 weeks. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, even though you guys are technically like two weeks apart, this third-time mom is more likely to go into labor before on her due date. Um, and then my first-time mom is more likely to go over. So there's that little bit of overlap. Even though they're in two totally different months, um, there's still a chance of overlap. So factoring those things in um, when you're thinking about a backup or even just when you're taking on clients um, is super important. But yeah, um, you can use them if you're going on vacation and you're on call period. That's a for sure time that you want to hire a backup doula. That's a time that I would typically, like if I knew I was going to be out of town overnight or like on the lake all day, that's a time where I would actually tell my client, hey, I'm going to be out. If you need something um, and you can't reach me, here's my backup doula's phone number. Mm -hmm. She knows I've already paid her to be on call for you um, and just make sure that they know that they can reach out to her if they can't get a hold of you. Um, yeah. Um, can you think of any other times that you might need to call in your backup? Aside from labor's going on a long time, you're out of town, anything like that? No, I feel like that really hits on it. Um, estimated dates that are super close. Like I have in October, I've got three um, that are all pretty close. Um so I have someone willing to be on call for those dates just in case. Um, and then, yeah, if I was going out of town one weekend or whatever, I would always communicate. Sometimes I will, I guess I do it a little differently than you. Um, sometimes I will communicate with my backup if I'm going out of town and someone hasn't had their baby yet and their estimated date's getting close or, you know, whatever it is, just so I don't stress them out. So I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, I'll text a backup and be like, like, this actually just happened. Mm-hmm. So in July, I was going, or when was it? Was it for July? No, it was Memorial Day or Labor Day? Which no, one? Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Okay, so it was Memorial Day weekend. And I had plans to go see my family in Texas. And I told them, you know, I've got a birth around that time. If she's already had her baby, I'm definitely going to come. If she hasn't had her baby yet, I don't know, I might not. And then the date came, you know, the weekend came that I was, that I was supposed to go to Texas. Mom still hadn't had her baby, but there was no sign of anything happening anytime soon. Um, Obviously that can change overnight, but whatever. I just took the chance. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a separate car. If I get a text that things are happening, I'll just drive back. Uh, It's a six hour drive, but it's... I tell my clients to text me when they think something is going on. And it's usually days and days and days and days later that we actually are in labor. So anyway, all of that to say, I actually didn't even communicate that with my client. Mm-hmm. I just talked to my backup and was like, hey, just so you know, if I'm in a pinch, I'm going to call you. Um, yeah, which I but. should clarify, 98% of the time your clients won't even know that you have a backup doula on call yeah. in cases like that. Um, I guess I have experienced where, like, I've been camping or something and mm-hmm. been truly, like, out of a service. service. Yeah. And if you were – there's no – if they – you don't have reception mm-hmm. and, like, those times, those are times that I would, you know, let my client know you're not going to be able to reach me. Totally. Call my backup. Um, but, yeah, other than that, pr- 
primary communication should definitely happen only between you and the backup. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, your client typically doesn't even know, need to know who that is or, you know, that they're on call or anything like that because then it kind of just adds stress like Kellen was saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I've done that before too. If I'm yes. going to the river for a day or something, I'll tell my client, hey, go into the river for a few hours. If you need something between that time, you know, call this person. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's that. Um, how <coughs> often you'll use them um, is another big question. And I think both of us have kind of made this clear at this point. Backup doulas, great idea. Have them. You need them. But you probably won't use them. Slim to none, it seems like. It yeah. honestly, it usually works out. I mean, I just had another two births that were in the same week. So it just works out. Yeah. You know, like... It's- it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, part of that, too, is um, we've talked a lot about this, but, like, making sure you're not overstretching yourself. Because mm-hmm. in this week that Kellen had two births back-to-back, mm-hmm. if she had gone to both of those, like, the entire time that they were in labor at the drop of a hat, oh, yeah. she would have been gone for most of her week, I'm assuming. You know, like, yeah, well, these, those labors were a little bit faster. But These two were fast, but, yeah, I have very clear. I make it very clear to my clients, like, I will give you the tools that you need. I'll give you the handout. You know, I'm teach, I'll teach you what you need to know to get through early labor. ACOG now considers active labor to be six centimeters. A few years ago, or I guess, I don't know how many years ago, it was, like, three to four, and they've changed that. Now they say active labor is six centimeters. You actually can't even be diagnosed with a stalled labor until you are at least six centimeters in active labor. Yeah. Um, so I, I always tell my clients, I'm not going to leave you high and dry, but I will give you the tools that you need to, to get through early labor without me. And in most circumstances, I don't even go to be with this, be in physical, um, what's it called, physical, give them physical continuous labor support until they're in active labor. Yeah. For me, it's around five or six. Yes. Sometimes same. four or five, but it just depends. Yeah. I know I usually visit them at home if they're close enough mm-hmm. and actually see with my eyes what's going on. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, you're like really, really early labor, but you're a first-time mom and don't really know kind of what's happening. Um. And then I say, okay, well, when you think it's time to go to the hospital, when those contractions are consistent, and, you know, when they triage you, then let me know. But anyway, that's a tangent. Um, okay, and then finally, and super important, is payment. How do you work that out? What does that look like? Um, how does that change with, you know, who you're supporting or when they're on call and all of that? Yeah, So I pulled up a backup contract that I had with a... So I think you and I are different in this also. I do not require payment to be on call for someone as a backup Mm -hmm. to like hold a retainer. I also do not pay people to be on backup for me. Um, So I've done both, but we'll get there. Okay. Um, So that's a... That's kind of an agreement that I make with people when when I ask them to be on backup for me. Like I'll trade backups a lot of times and then there's a I don't actually I can't find my contract now I have a backup contract but anyway I have a oh here it is basically um in my backup contract it talks about the payment like the percentage of payment that you'll get um if you do actually attend a birth for me so 
which I feel like is pretty standard. I know for me, um, I've traded services with people, um, but I also have an hourly rate that I pay mm-hmm. um, if it's a time where I like need a break, um, which people know about beforehand, but that's also a lot easier. You know, like if you're only going to be gone for a couple hours and you don't think that baby's coming right away, it's a lot easier to pay somebody just an hourly rate. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've traded services said, okay, I'm going to be on call for you for this birth, and then you're going to be on call for me for this. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really easy, finding those people. Just, you know, look in your community, have coffee Mm -hmm. with people, um, meet them at a doula meetup. If if the area you you live in doesn't do something like a doula meetup, make it happen. Start it. Um, Reach out to other doulas. Find them on Instagram. Find them on Facebook, wherever, um, and make something like that happen where you can get to know people and – Kind of make those friendships, find your community, and then you'll find a backup doula there, I yeah, promise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trading is great. Um, I have done, I've been on backup for other people where they've been out of town, and that's a time where a retainer is really nice because then it's like, okay, I have my own, my own clients, I have my own life. Mm-hmm. But you're not just agreeing to like be on call for them, you're agreeing to not be intoxicated in any way um you're agreeing to not leaving you can't leave town leaving town all of those things um and yeah and so for times like that where somebody's like for sure gonna be out of town and they're a little bit worried they're cutting it close um I've been paid like a hundred bucks just to be on backup call Mm -hmm. and that's fine because I know like in the off chance I still got paid for my time and like commitment to you know being available to that client but I also knew if I did get called to that birth, then there was a higher fee that they'd give me um, yeah, on exactly. top of, like, an hourly rate right. if I did need to get called in. So, yeah. Right. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, you can search contracts online and see kind of what other people do. Um, ask in those big doula Facebook groups. People are willing to share their stuff all the time. Uh, And something I've been thinking about is if these are resources that you guys would like to have access to, um, we can set up a Patreon and build out some of those resources. If you guys want to support uh, us in the podcast, podcast, oh my goodness, in that way, um, we would love to help you guys out with some of those resources. So let us know. DM us on Instagram. Comment on our stuff. Um, We love responding and having conversations with you. Um, if you're listening to this, you know who you are because we really do spend a lot of time in our DMs. Yeah, but I think that's all I've got for today. What about you? I feel good. All right. Covers it. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.